This is the Cato Daily Podcast for Thursday, October 16, 2008. I'm Caleb Brown. Bilateral trade agreements are left in Congress without a vote. and There is a large lurch toward protectionist rhetoric there. It might leave you thinking that free trade has entered a time in the wilderness. But not all news on trade this year is bad. So says Dan Eikenson, Associate Director of the Cato Institute's Center for Trade Policy Studies. We've been in the midst of a of an economic slowdown for for the better part of a year, perhaps more. Uh, usually, when there's an economic slowdown in the United States, trade gets the blame. Uh, we got to blame those foreigners for lost jobs and for a contracting economy. But in this case, uh, exports have been setting all sorts of records. Uh, U.S. manufacturers are exporting to new markets. Uh, exports uh, are at increased something like 18% in 2008 over, over 2007. And it's not just the, your uh, t- typical states that are doing the exporting. It's, it's states with politicians who, ra- who typically rail against trade that are doing well also. Uh, North Dakota uh, set records with respect to exports to Canada. Uh, Ohio... Uh, a state that we that is often associated with anti-trade fervor uh, is doing very well with exports to Mexico, our NAFTA partner. Uh, even Michigan, other manufacturing states are are, are doing particularly well. Um, that, that reflects the fact that the U.S. economy has been slowing, whereas the world economy has been growing. But I don't think that that's necessarily uh, going to be the case going forward for the next you know for the next year or two. At least that's what the uh, economic projections are. How does the weak U.S. dollar play into this? The weak U.S. dollar does tend to make it easier to export. It makes U.S. goods cheaper abroad. It, it makes imports more expensive to Americans. But uh, in, in recent weeks, in the recent month or so, uh, the U.S. dollar has, has actually surged. So that is another factor that could uh, slow down export growth. Uh, there are a variety of explanations for why the dollar has surged, one of which is that we are perhaps further ahead of other countries in, in coming to, to, to terms uh, with, the, with the, uh, the alleged crisis in, in financial markets. Other countries are, are, are sort of lagging behind, so there's a bit of a flight to safety to the U.S. dollar. Um, but I worry about giving, putting too much emphasis on exports. Uh, because it tends to diminish the value of imports. Americans already seem to have this view that exports are good and imports are bad, but U.S. producers account for the majority of of U.S. imports. Um, Manufacturers rely on imported components and raw materials and capital equipment to make their final products. Uh, So if the dollar is weak, uh, import prices rise, uh, the cost of production rises, and it makes it more difficult for U.S. producers to compete in, in, in global markets, and it makes products more expensive to Americans. So uh, we, sh- we, we should not uh, uh, view the exports as the antithesis of imports and vice versa. Uh, imports uh, are, uh, are, are good for producers. They're good for consumers. They help uh, extend family budgets. They keep uh, uh, you know, prices in check. They give us more choices. So there is a tendency, uh, within politics at least, to look at uh, um, trade through this very simplistic view, exports good, imports bad. But uh, we just need to expand both. As to uh, the congressional agenda remaining for the year, there is still unfinished business on on the matter of trade. And I know President Bush would like to uh, get certain things done on that before he leaves office. Yes, there are uh, three pending 
bilateral agreements that have been concluded. The, uh, the Democratic leadership in Congress has sidetracked uh, these agreements. There was some speculation that in a lame duck session, the agreement with Colombia or South Korea or Panama or all three would be considered, but that's, that's, that's fairly unlikely given uh, other events that have, have, have come to the fore in, in recent weeks and months. Um, but I think uh, the most interesting thing we've seen develop in Congress, the 110th Congress was, in my view, the most protectionist Congress from a rhetorical perspective at least, uh, that I've seen in my lifetime. There were several dozen pieces of legislation that I would characterize as anti-trade legislation that were at least introduced. Exactly zero of those bills have come to pass. Uh, and I think one of the reason that has one of the reasons for that is that Congress began recognizing that US export growth was was keeping us out of a recession. And if we were to start tinkering with that formula, if we were to start uh, erecting barriers against our trade partners, uh, they would reciprocate with the same bad medicine, and that would jeopardize prospects for keeping the economy afloat. And I don't think the Democrats in Congress necessarily wanted to be associated with uh, contributing to the economic problems that we, we, we seem to be having, and we're content on just leaving that to the blame to, 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 to President Bush. Dan Eikenson is Associate Director of the Cato Institute's Center for Trade Policy Studies. His most recent analysis, While Doha Sleeps, is available at Cato.org.